How are we doing this morning? That is one good-looking group of God's people right there. Before I get started, let me dive in and just start praying for what we're going to hear this morning, and let's go to prayer. Father God, as we come before you today, we just lift everything we speak about today up to you. We cry out for your Holy Spirit to be here to invade this place, stir our hearts, and as I speak, um, just intervene anytime you'd like. You can take or add to it. I'll just follow your lead. All these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So from time to time or sometimes yearly, we go to our doctor to have a physical. Our vital signs, our weight, and our age are all evaluated to, to determine how healthy we are. This health to determine, as a church, we also, it's important for us to take a spiritual physical or checkup. This helps to determine if we need to make adjustments for longevity in the future. We look at where we have been, where we are currently at, and where we're going. So most of you know about 10 years ago, J-Road was started in a living room. About eight people. And we've grown and grown and been praying and seeking God's will for J-Road. You know, we went from the living room to a bar to Nunica to Mill Iron. And then finally, you know, we're here. It's hard to believe a year ago we were still in our old building negotiating the sale price. We knew we had a God-sized vision and only he could make it happen. We wanted to be debt-free. We had $225,000 worth of debt. We wanted to have a bigger building so we could go to one service and money in the bank to create a community center or whatever God's will to help feed the community. We weren't sure how all this was going to happen, but God had it figured out. We spent a lot of time in prayer and took a faithful risk being faithful that he knew all the details. Now we're here. He answered and provided everything. He's alive and well, proving that God still moves in big ways we do not understand. I just feel like for me, in my life, this is probably the biggest movement you know, I, I was fortunate enough to be in the interminglings of all that was going on and watching God put the pieces in place. And it, it just took my faith from here to up here, knowing that he's still alive and he's still moving. And I think, I feel like we should just give God a big round of applause, all right? Let's do it. <laughs> Woo! God is good, amen? I mean... We wouldn't be here on our own doing. We're not that great. We're just not. Let's call it what it is. Now that we're here, what we can't do is be like the Israelites were after Moses led them out of Egypt. When Moses led them out, they crossed through the Red Sea. They got to the Red Sea, and I'm just going to summarize the story. And they were stopped. Pharaoh's army was coming after them. And God split the sea. They walked across it on dry land. They get to the other side. They're safe. They're free. God closes the sea, and they witness Pharaoh's army being crushed. Just crushed. And yet, they didn't realize what God had just done for them. They started complaining to Moses. 
We don't have water. We don't have food. What are we going to do? Would you bring us here to die? And that's what they asked Moses. They even went as far as saying, we'd be better off to be back with the Egyptians. They took care of us. You know, they couldn't, rather than be thankful and realize how God had answered their prayers, and that they couldn't see how abundantly God had blessed them. And that's where, as Jay wrote, we don't want to go there. God put us here. He's got a purpose for us. We don't want to start complaining. We want to keep moving forward. What God's will is for us. What does the next year or two or five look like for J-Road? Where are we going? Proverbs 29, 16 through 18 says, Where there is no prophetic vision, people cast off restraint, or they run wild. Let me break that down even a little bit further. Without a planned destination, no one knows where to go. What if Jim was up here, and at the end, he always says, go out and be the church. And he says, by the way, next weekend, we're going to meet downtown Muskegon. That's all he says. <laughs> Where are we going? <laughs> right? So with that being said, Jim and the elders and the leadership team here, we're praying and seeking guidance on developing a five-year plan. We need to be laser-focused on God's big vision for us. What I do know about Jericho Road is this. We are all like pieces of fabric, different sizes, different shapes, different textures, different colors, different strengths, different weaknesses, all knitted together to make this beautiful garment for God's glory. We're a bunch of misfits unified together to make a difference for God. Right? Jesus laid it out. We got all the tools we need going forward. John 16, 12 through 15. This is Jesus speaking. This ain't me or I speaking. He says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things to come. We need to be in prayer. We need to be seeking God's wisdom and guidance on where we're going. And then Jesus goes even farther. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. And if that ain't enough, then he says, all that the Father has is mine. Therefore, like we missed it the first time he says it again, I said, I will take what is mine and declare it to you. Our tool bag's full. We just have to have the passion to seek it, go after it. So going forward, this God-sized vision that we're seeking, it'll probably encompass some of these ideas. How are we going to feed the hungry? How are we going to house the homeless? How are we going to reach the unreachable? How are we going to transform communities to meet their needs, not ours? How are we going to plant more churches? How are we going to raise up leaders from within our church to lead God's people? That's what we're after, a God-sized vision. If it's a man-sized vision, we're going to fail. It's got to be something we can't do on our own. Only God can provide it. That's what we want. 
But we're sitting around scratching our heads like we were when we moved here. Holy crap, what are we going to do, right? Where are we going to take our people, right? That's the vision we want. So we're totally reliant on God, right? We have a lot of nonprofit organizations we're already partnered with. They have all the groundwork laid out to where we want to go. Let me list some of them. We have Community and Compass, Pathways for Life, Family Promise, Kids Food Basket, Muskegon Rescue Mission, Muskegon Pregnancy Services, Neighborhood Association. We need J-Row to get passionate about partnering and developing deeper relationships with these organizations we already have. It's already laid out. We need to walk alongside them. These are all great organizations. Who do we want to partner with? All of them. The more we can lean on what they've already started, the farther we can advance God's desires. We don't need to reinvent the wheel. It's already invented. Let's take what God's given us and use it. Let me give some examples. How great would it be if we had people already equipped to serve in these ministries? Maybe, maybe it's someone cleaning out one of the J-Road houses for a new homeless person to move into. Maybe it's supplying them with toiletries. Maybe it's cooking a meal for a group of homeless people because we know how to get them together. An MC goes and sits with them and breaks bread with them. How good is that? But we got to be in the loop of people have those connections. How good would it be if we had somebody that felt called to go into the neighborhood and pray with people? How good would it be? How great would it be having people feeling called, equipped, and ready to deploy? At a phone call, boom, we're there. That's what God wants us to be. So here's my big idea. We need to be preparing our minds for action. How are we going to do that? Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 15. Therefore, preparing our minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Let's put all our hope in Jesus Christ. How else are we going to do it? We're not smart enough. And he goes on, he says, as obedient children, do not be conformed by the passions of your former ignorance, but he who calls you holy is holy. You also are holy in all your conduct. Be holy in all your conduct, right? Let's not be, be conformed to the passions of our former ignorance. Let's not take a step forward and two steps back. We need to be holy in all our conduct. We need to be striving to be more Christ-like. We are created in the image of God. And that's what we want to represent. We need to work on our spiritual maturity, our spiritual gifts. We need to move on to eating spiritual meat and potatoes along with our spiritual milk. We want to start advancing. What spiritual gifts are you holding back? What spiritual gifts do you have that you're holding back?
to fulfill God's mission. We're all gifted. We're all created for a purpose, right? I'd like to offer a couple of challenges to you guys this morning. Our big, big ideas, get our mind prepared for action. But three challenges I got for you guys. Let's spend more, challenge number one, let's spend more time in prayer, scripture, seeking God's clarity on what God's called us to do and exactly what we were created to do. Let's spend time with him. Challenge two, when God reveals it to you, tell somebody. Don't keep it a secret. If you keep it a secret, you keep God right here. The way our minds work, if we tell somebody, in our mind, we've entered into an accountability relationship, and our mind thinks that person's looking for action. Tell somebody. If that's too hard, text us. We'll come find you. We want people to do what they're called to do and what we were created to do. Third challenge, be comfortable being uncomfortable. Be comfortable being uncomfortable. Do you think Jesus, when he called the disciples, they were comfortable? Bible's full of action. Comfortable people don't do action, right? Let me take a second just to share about my walk. Men, listen up. Everybody needs to hear, but men, listen up. This is my walk, but I'm going to share it with you guys. When Jen and I were young, I was not the spiritual leader of our family. Jen was carrying that burden. She was growing in Christ, and all I was doing was existing. I didn't get it. After a while, I realized I was missing out. This is what Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 13, 11. It says, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of my childhood behind me. Key phrase, men, when I became a man, I put the ways of my childhood behind me. In my spiritual walk, I was a child. I realized that being the spiritual leader of my family was my role and my responsibility. When I first took it back, the role of being spiritual leader in my family, it was uncomfortable and very awkward. It was not easy for me knowing what I should be doing and not doing it. It's a little scary, right? My wife is doing all the spiritual stuff, and all of a sudden it's like, that's my job. I start taking it back, but I don't know if I'm doing it right. But doing something and not doing it right is better than doing nothing at all. Start making baby steps to being the leader of your family, the spiritual leader. It's important. If you want your wife to love you and give you respect you deserve, be the spiritual leader. She'll love you more than you realize. Even at J-Road, I wasn't always a leader. The first time I was asked to do something at church, I wanted to crawl in a hole. <laughs> I was scared. Then I was asked to be a missional community leader, and I said, oh, crap, here we go again. They won't leave me alone. And then came praying out loud, <laughs> right? And then an elder, never once. Did I feel worthy to do any of these? It was never easy, never.
never comfortable. Yet one day, God just realized to me there needs to be leaders to lead his church. There needs to be leaders to lead our families. There's a saying I heard once that sticks with me. God doesn't always call the qualified. He qualifies the called. You step out in your faith and pray for God to go before you, and he'll take care of all the details. But you're going to be uncomfortable. Get used to it. In closing, let me ask you one question. Do you think Moses was ready and equipped to lead the Israelites out of Egypt? No. He argued with God. He said, God, I'm not an eloquent speaker. Nobody's going to listen to me. They're not going to free your people. And they had this debate going on. You know, God gave them signs. And after a while, Moses realized that God was going to go before him. He was going to get the better of Pharaoh, right? You got to be like Moses. I mean, we're dumb. We're not great speakers. But God will take care of it all. Give us the words to say. Let me recap. The big idea we need to be preparing our minds. Let me just recap our challenges. We need to spend more time in prayer and scripture. When God reveals it to us, tell someone. Text somebody. Get yourself in an accountability relationship to find out what God is pushing you into. Third challenge, be comfortable being uncomfortable. There's a misconception that goes on in the church and in our jobs and in life. That someone else is comfortable. Jim's comfortable up here. I'm comfortable up here. What's wrong? At one time, we were uncomfortable. We just got used to it. We don't know no better. You know, so-and-so, they pray so well, they're going natural. They used to be uncomfortable. They just got used to it. Let me pray for us, and I'll give it back to Jim and Nancy. God, we lift all this up to you. I pray for everyone out here that they begin to seek you, that they take the challenges, that they be uncomfortable for you. I pray that when, when you do put it on their heart, they tell somebody. Is J-Road, what's, what's our vision? We're seeking that. We want you to be delighted in all we're doing. We want to advance your mission. Through Jesus, he chose 12 people, 12 outsiders to change the world. We want to continue that, God. Just put your desires on our hearts. All this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.